Japan, Cairo, a tropical oasis, mud baths, finger snappers, cloning, and Blofeld's finally dead. Let's decode the pre-title sequence. The diamonds are forever. Hi, this is Dan Silvestri. And Tom Pizzotto. Of SpyMovieNavigator.com. And our show, Cracking the Code of Spy Movies. Vicky's on assignment and we'll be back in future shows. All right, so let's go. We love spy movies, some of the old great spy TV shows, and we love to dive deep into them and decode key scenes and look for hidden gems and connections. We've done the pre-title sequence decoding for five James Bond movies prior to this one, and we have loved the pre-titles a lot. Okay, this, for Diamonds Are Forever, I think, is my least favorite (laughs) pre-title sequence. (laughs) Of I think any Bond movie. <laughs> that's that's funny. Ah, there simply is no real excitement here. There's questionable stunts, some mediocre <laughs> sets and scenes, and wow! I mean, I just I don't I can't get into it. I, I, I'm getting the impression, Dan, that maybe you weren't a fan of this pre-title. <laughs> yeah, kind of, kind of not. Uh, but you know that let. Let's get yeah, into I like it. it a little better than you do. But let's get into it and decode it and see why it is as bad as it seems to me, or better to Tom if he likes it more than I do. <laughs> and let's see if our listeners agree too. All right, all right. Sean Connery, he's back in the gun barrel scene. That's kind of cool. And the blood is transparent again as it streams down after his shot. Yeah, we have to remember that in On Her Majesty's Secret Service which was the movie right before this, yeah. they had changed it so the blood dripping down covered up the the shooter, the Bond character. Now it's transparent again. Here we have the circle that wanders, now wanders and then opens up onto this first scene we see here. So, you know, they, we, uh, again, I always loved the double circles going across the screen. And to me, that was always the double O. <laughs> Maybe it's just me. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, one of the circles now opens up onto the very first scene we see here in the pre-title sequence for Diamonds Are Forever. And it's an Asian-looking room that is peaceful for about five seconds or so. And then, crash! This Asian guy comes hurling through this Japanese paper and wood panel walls. Kind of like the ones we saw in You Only Live Twice at Henderson's place. Henderson played by Charles Gray in You Only Live Twice, who here is in Diamonds Are Forever playing, ooh, the evil Blofeld. All right, <laughs> exactly. We have seen this before, this room. Ah. So then we hear the guy who threw him through the wall say, where is he? I shan't ask you politely next time as he throws him through another wall. <laughs> then asks, where is Blofeld? Finally, the guy gives it up. Cairo. We still have not seen the guy who was throwing him around. And really, to me... Yeah, well, hang on, though. I, and I love that. Because right? yeah. you know I like the slow reveal of the new Bond. I do, too. And, to and me, we have a new Bond, though. <laughs> but it, to me, it didn't even sound like Sean Connery. No, it sure didn't to me, either. Right. So now they're trying to fool us, maybe, into like, who is this now? Either that or it was just a bad impression. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but I, I, I do. Like to to me, to me, I just totally love this because we have a supposedly a new Bond. Now, with the way the media works, everybody knew Sean was back. Yeah, yeah But, yeah, yeah. you know, in, in following with the way they do things, we have a new Bond. We're no longer using George. 
And so George did the last movie. So it's time for them to give us another slow reveal to find out who the new Bond is. Yeah. Now, this Asian guy is a huge clue. The gray suit is a huge clue. Um, we saw something similar to this in Sean's last movie. Mm-hmm. So maybe I've heard something. Is this Sean? I, I actually think that was great and great continuity for the way they've done the reveals. Now, they got rid of it starting with Roger, yeah, yeah. But, which bummed me out. But I really like that slow reveal of the new Bond. Yeah, I do too. And this really is the highlight of this pre-title sequence. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. We switched to Cairo. Yeah. The guy said he's in Cairo. And a large man in sunglasses with a fez on his head. And he's at a gambling table. He wants another card. And says, hit me. Okay. How cheesy is this going to be? Hit me. You know what's going to happen. Right? I mean, <laughs> there's no way he's not going to get hit. I mean, he's going to get hit, right? Yeah, he gets spun around and he gets punched in the face. Oh, wow. What, what a surprise that was. I was shocked. I was like, wow, this is great cinematography. I was totally shocked. Surprised. Wow, you're really uh, a <laughs> pessimist. I don't know what the word is today. <laughs> uh, they've been so damn good so far. Anyway, we, now we hear the voice talking to the, the guy with the Fez hat, which has been knocked off and is spinning around the roulette wheel, which which I thought was kind of cool. That's uh, a nice touch. Yeah, that was nice. That was nice. One chance. Where is he? Again, we still have not seen the face of the man who hit him and presumably the same man who was throwing the Asian through the walls. But now, now, it does sound like Sean Connery in this one. Yes! <laughs> yeah, he is back, and George Lazenby is out. The fez-wearing man says, Marie, ask Marie. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, go to Cairo. You're going to see this guy. Ask Marie. Just, yeah. He's getting the runaround. All right, so we've been to Japan, we think. we Now we're in Cairo, and now we see Sean Connery and uh, and Bond in a tropical setting. He's Bond again, yeah. And the bikini-clad woman, we we assume is Marie, sees him approaching and asks, "Who are you?" And he says to the woman lying there, "My name is Bond, James Bond." Now, okay, now with Connery back and hearing this, you got to be excited. So that that part was cool. I like that. And the slow reveal is done. <laughs> yeah, the slow reveal is done. Here he is walking, and it's it's great. When he says Bond, James Bond, bam, takes you back to Dr. No the first time you heard him say it, and it's an exciting moment. Nice. So she's lying on the beach, a boat, the ocean, beautiful, all beautiful. And as she turns her body, opening up to him, to revealing her front side, her chest, her stomach, all of her, and asks sexily, is there something I can do for you? <laughs> he gets those kind of lines. I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> same kind of thing in Thunderball with the French agent at the church. Mm-hmm. Like, eh, anything else our French connection can do for you? Or, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we guys are thinking of things. <laughs> but Bond is cool and says, as a matter of fact, there is. There's something I'd like you to get off your chest. Okay. All yeah, right. this would not fly today. It hit me. <laughs> Boom. You know that's happening. There's something I want you to get. Okay. Any idea what might happen now? <laughs> <laughs> All the teenage boys are going to be very happy in a minute. <laughs> okay. The bikini top has to go, right? Okay. Yeah. The whole pre title sequence so far is very predictable. 
no clever lines, no clever stunts, no clever much of anything, really. All right, yeah, Bond whips off her bikini top, but not as a plan to have some fun. Oh. Yeah, but we do have another nip slip here, right, in the James Bond movie. Twice. So Denise Perrier is Marie. I mean, you just have to like it. They got the PG rating. They got the nip slip in. Marie Spinder got us here. And I didn't get that that whole part. Do we see anything? Yes. Oh. Twice. In the same shot. Do we see it? Yes. Oh, shit. I missed that. <laughs> All right, so he wraps it around her neck and he starts to strangle her with it. Where is Ernst Stavro Blofeld? Oh, yeah. All right, it's Blofeld. He's after him. Marie's supposed to know. All right, we have seen Bond ask three people so far the same question. How exciting is that? <laughs> three people, same question. All right. Is he getting closer? Well, but the first two were doing the slow reveal part. And now after the third one, it's the complete reveal. So it does kind of make sense. Yeah, and they're in different parts of the world, so I'll give him that. <laughs> but is I mean, and that's what his mission is. He's trying to find Blowfield. Yeah, but is it exciting? Okay, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so now something is now at least getting revealed to us on the Blowfield end. We cut to many likenesses of Blowfield, Charles Gray's face, that are being created, and a voice that says they are moving to phase four, the nose. Oh, what? Plastic surgery going on here? Like Thunderball, not only now bigger? Blofeld? This know. is pretty quick for a retread of a plot, having the plastic surgery. <laughs> All right, thank you, I mean, Tom. <laughs> we're, we're only in movie seven here. I mean, plastic surgery, next, please. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> now you're seeing it. <laughs> well, no, I, that part, I mean, I like the way they did a lot of this stuff, but th that theme we've yeah. been there just a couple movies ago yeah yeah we've seen some or, of the sets before we, yeah. we've been there a few movies ago yeah a couple and blofeld himself walks in and says he wants the operation done tonight the shot is terrific here actually as one of the busts and heads that were being measured and one that looks like blofeld is right there on the left of the screen just below blofeld real face Charles Gray's face. And it clearly indicates what they're doing. And it's a little uncanny, which is good. So this is an excellent shot. Yeah, but it, this part is a little bit confusing to me. Okay. Because we have Charles Gray, yeah. who played Henderson <laughs> in the last Sean Connery movie. Yeah. Right? You only live twice. Mm -hmm. So this is the second callback to that movie. You had the, the Asian room with the guy getting thrown through the wall. You've got Charles Gray, the actor, yeah. in, a, in an important role here, playing Blofeld now. So this time he's playing a foe instead of a friend, and actually Bond's biggest foe. I thought it was an interesting way to introduce him as Blofeld, because we had just seen him in the prior Sean Connery Bond movie. Yeah, which is a little weird that they're back-to-back -back Sean Connery movies. They weren't back-to-back -back Bond movies because we had right. Honor Majesty's Secret Service in between there with Lazenby. But, and Telly Savalas' Blofeld. Yeah, and Telly Savalas, which I love this Blofeld. But yeah, here it is a little weird. Now you see him again, and here he is. So the set, however, is, to me, rather boring and uninspired. I mean, a chandelier, men in white jackets, uh, white arched walls, uh, Nothing special. Seems like, <laughs> eh. 
Okay. <laughs> You're in a doctor's room. Set this how, up in 10 minutes. And how lively is a doctor's room going to look? I don't, know, I don't know what it is. It's not a doctor's room. I mean, they're, they're, they're experimenting with this plastic surgery. I don't know exactly yeah. what they're doing in this room, but it's a pretty boring-looking room. But, okay, maybe those are boring-looking rooms in real life. I don't know. <laughs> all right. Hmm, is this Blofeld, the guy talking? I, I, what do we know? There's all these other faces that look like him. The surgeons don't think they're ready for this operation, but Blofeld says, no, it's going to be tonight. So, I don't know. Yeah. Now, one thing I want to put in here is the guy who talks to him, who's playing the surgeon. Yeah. He's played by the prolific actor, David DeKaiser. He was the actor who dubbed the voice of Draco in On Her Majesty's Secret Service. So here he is working two back-to-back Bond films, but you don't realize it because one, you just he was just dubbing the voice. Yeah. And he, he did a terrific job on that. Yes. Uh, dubbing with for Draco. Absolutely. Beautiful. All right. A mud bath or something is here. A body is in the tub and is being covered with what looks like mud. Is it plaster? Is it this part of the plastic surgery thing? We don't know exactly what's happening here. They leave the body encased and submerged and must keep the temperature precisely at 80 degrees. One of the that's got to that's got to be something to do with the plastic surgery because 80 degrees would be cold for a mud bath. I mean, we did a mud bath in Calistoga, yeah, California, okay. and. As an aside, I recommend that to anyone as a relaxing as a relaxing experience. It's really good, even a fake doctor played by Bond. But it, I think, what happened there is that the eighty degrees was required because of some of the plaster work they were doing, yeah, and or the plastic work they were doing, and so they needed that to, because normally a mud bath would be much warmer than that. Yeah, yeah. So all right, we know this has to be a clue for us that this temperature will be changed and screwed things up. I mean. Right? I mean, it's got to be precisely at 80 degrees. We know this is a Bond movie. Somebody's going to screw with that temperature and screw this thing up. And that's what we're looking for next, right? We're going to, wow, will this happen? The suspense is just tremendous. (laughs) This is like Dr. No's nuclear lair, right? And the radiation level. Yeah, so this is is another reused trope, Dan. Again, we're only in in movie seven. This part, I think, is a little unimaginative. Yeah, there you go. All right, thank you. All right, so we're in this... But I liked it better than you did, but still, there's some parts of it I I think could be better. All right, so at least we're in this lush, tropical-looking place as the doctors are walking out. There's palm trees, arched doorways, great lighting here in this scene, actually. All here is very well done. The camera pans back and to the right, revealing a body of a man lying on the ground behind foliage. We don't know what this is, right? Or who is this guy lying on the ground? We don't know yet who this well, guy is. But in reality, he's the uncredited actor Tony Snell. Okay, All right. in and real life. <laughs> in real life, right? He played. He played in the in the TV series The Saint. He had two episodes there with Roger Moore, yeah. who's the next Bond. I've seen every Saint episode. I love that show. Roger mm. took a lot of his Bond. Right, but that's Simon but that's Tempest. who this guy is lying on the ground. He's the actor Tony Snell. All right, all right, all right. But in the movie, <laughs> we don't know who the hell he is. Who the well, hell I, I do. Snell I'll tell is. you later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. It was one of the surgeons in Scrubs because the guy looks like he's in a scrub on the ground, right? So, in reality, I think it's one of the surgeons in Scrubs that Bond apparently killed or disabled so he could take his place in the room with the mud bath because. Yeah, now wait a second, though. So if he's one of the surgeons in the room, when the scene where we get introduced to Blofeld, 
He's the guy with the dark hair standing right next to the surgeon that, that Blofeld's talking to. Yeah, he does kind of look like him. His nose didn't look as big as the, the guy there, though. I, it, it, I kept looking him. at that, and it was like, hmm, I don't know if that's that guy. but it, It's him. Okay. <laughs> so next we see a surgeon in a gown and mask and surgeon's cap. But wait, he removes the mask and cap, and it's Bond. Yeah, he's in the very room with the mud bath body. How did he get in there? Yeah, okay, that's the guy. He killed or disabled that other guy, the other surgeon, who's lying outside behind the palm trees and the foliage. That's the guy outside. This took me a while to figure out, actually. Where did that guy come from? What does that have to do with anything? But He needed the garb. Yeah, he needed the garb. Apparently, we make the connection after watching it about yeah, 30 and times. They, they also would have noticed an extra person. Yeah, that If you just walked in with them. That might be true. All right, he's Bond, though, so this is good. The set is rough stone walls, high-tech equipment. Again, nothing spectacular or noteworthy or remarkable. I, I Hang on, hang on, <laughs> hang on, because I like this set. No. I mean, the set design for this thing, it's supposed to be a room where they perform plastic surgery, and I think it's cool for that. It isn't sterile like you see in so many movies, all stainless steel room. Which is why and, they do that, because it's supposed to be sterile for surgery, not yeah, rock but this walls, is, but dirty this rock is supposed walls. to be a hideaway. <laughs> Nobody's going to guess that the plastic surgery is going on there. Uh, Instead, okay. it feels more like a neat spa room with a hot tub, which <laughs> we find out later isn't water, um, okay. and a mud bath. But it's a very cool place for the surgery to be performed. The only thing missing, I think, is some stairs and a railing to allow the mud guy to get up into the tub and to get out of the tub. Stairs and railing would have been really helpful with as tall as that was. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure they lifted him and set him right in there, all these doctors. Well, you know, whatever. We can't worry about him. <laughs> He's in a mud bath under it. I'm like, wow, this is pretty weird. All right, so we see the guy in the mud bath. He's opening his eyes. He's suspicious. He sees Bond. Then a revolver slowly rises from below the mud and is pointing at Bond. What? Who is the guy in the mud bath? Why does he have a gun with him submerged in the mud? That's my real question. <laughs> he's going to have some plastic surgery done or whatever, and he's got a gun in there just in case what? I don't know. This okay, well, that's actor Bill Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Ter Terry, Terrence uh, Mountain told us that, right? I mean, yep. Yeah. So, all right, but again, okay, the guy's going to sit up and shoot Bond. If you're going to sit up and shoot Bond, shoot Bond. <laughs> shoot shoot <laughs> but, the gun. But would he be able to? That gun was in mud and That's water. True. I mean, is that thing going to actually fire? That's true. Sometimes in water, you could say, okay, maybe it would fire if it wasn't underwater. But mud, which gets into the barrel and gets into the mechanism, you might be right. It might not have fired. And maybe it didn't. Because we never do hear it fire. It, uh, it didn't fire. No. He never shot it. No. But Bond sees the guy with the gun. He flips and pulls the cord to pour more mud into the tub and submerge this guy again from the weight and consistency, we assume, of the mud. It pours out, hitting the guy right in the face <laughs> and the head. Ah, very convenient for Bond. <laughs> as, as it, it disrupts his aim. <laughs> And, of course, he sinks below the mud again. Boy, and, you're saying all of this with such disdain. <laughs> I'm just thinking, what's exciting here? I don't know. And the mud stops spilling out just enough, just 
right when he sinks. And it's done. <laughs> like, wow, that was convenient too. All right. Whew. Another close call for Bond here. Whoa. But when Bond did the flip, while the guy is trying to aim the gun, Bond stands up within feet of the mud bath to pull the cord to release more mud. At that very moment, the guy in the mud bath could have easily shot him and killed him. The gun is aimed right at Bond at that moment. Pull the freaking trigger. Assuming it'll fire. <laughs> yeah, assuming it'll fire. It is not clear whether a shot was fired. I don't think a shot was fired. Uh, there, right? It wasn't fired. Because the sound we hear is, is I think, the, the mud release mechanism and whatever. And the mud's starting to pour down. It's not a shot. There's no smoke from the gun. There's nothing to indicate, really, the gun shot. Yeah, that, that sound is from the mud tank being open. Yeah. Uh, but what, what does crack me up is that the guy in the mud doesn't move just a little bit to avoid having the mud dump on his head. <laughs> it reminded me of when we talked about the pre-title sequence for Thunderball, yeah, when yes. the Aston has the water cannon shooting out at, at those guys. Mm. And all they need to move is about a foot one way or the other, and they'll get out of the stream. Yeah. Those guys didn't do it. This guy didn't do it. Yeah. I also don't know why he sunk down. I mean, he was already in the in the mud, so it's going to be slippery. He's going to be in there. Adding more mud isn't going to really change that no, I, because the mud really is going above him. It's you a know. lot of weight. It's a lot of weight. I don't, I, I, I don't know. I, I just can't. I don't but understand why that would have made it happen. This and, and knock it away a little bit. Uh, do something. You know. Well, or move. <laughs> or move. Yeah. <laughs> You, you were able to sit right. up. You were able to sit up so the mud can't be too heavy that you can't move around a little bit. Yeah. All right. So Bond should have been shot here. The guy should have shot him. But okay, it wasn't really a good plan by Bond. He, he should have. <laughs> he should have run. He should have hid. He should have done something else because this guy wasn't going to be moving very quickly out of the mud bath and uh, or leaping at Bond or whatever. So he's not going to be mobile. Bond could have killed him. In many other ways, really. Yeah, okay, but, but you you were you were just talking about how there's nothing novel. We hadn't seen anybody die this way before. Okay, all right, that's good. That's good. We're gonna give them death by mud bath as <laughs> as, as as a perk here for for the pre sequence. <laughs> we were gonna mention that right. We should do, redo this whole thing again. Death by mud bath, first time ever in film. <laughs> Now we're reaching. Now we're reaching. All right. So again. And I didn't say first time ever in film. I said first time in a Bond movie. Okay, that's true. I haven't done enough research to know about in film. That's true. That's true. There could have been (laughs) others. You know, could have been something in, you know, Mount Vesuvius or something. I don't know. Anyway, nothing really exciting about this scene. Again, (laughs) uh, sorry. Bond reaches in and he pulls the guy's head up and then with a hose rinses off the mud to see who he is. Now, one thing I thought interesting with that is he had this big pistol nozzle. Yes. And the water just kind of goes fairly... That thing looked like it would be compressing the water to make it shoot out hard. Yeah. And it just kind of goes just just hard enough to be able to wash off the mud. It reminded me of the the water guns you see at carnivals where you have to shoot it in the clown's mouth and then you get the prize if your thing rises to the top. And it looked just like one of those guns. Then, oh, you mean like we saw later in this movie? <laughs> yeah, remember that? <laughs> yeah, so from Bond's face, it looks like he knows who it is. Because he kind of looks at him like, oh. 
to me, it looks like <laughs> it looked like Scaramanga, Christopher Lee. <laughs> I, I know it's not him, but that's what. It, if you look at it again and freeze frame that, there, he's like, man, that looks like Scaramanga. But yeah, but as we already mentioned, we heard from Terry Mountain in the interview we yes. did with him. He told us that was Bill Morgan. Yes. Who in On Her Majesty's Secret Service in the pre-title sequence was the stunt man who jumps on Bond's back yes. in that in that fight. So in this movie, he's the guy who will be getting Blofeld's face in plastic surgery. Yeah. So really, a bigger role, if you will, more like Durval's role yeah. in Thunderball. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, another throwback. All right. So in walks Blofeld and two guards, while, of course, Bond rinses this guy's face off. And what does Blofeld say to Bond? Making mud pies, 007. <laughs> okay. That's great, isn't it? That sounds more like a like a Bond quip. Yeah. Uh, then, talking about the guy in the mud bath, Blofeld says, he would have been me in a matter of days had you given the poor fellow a chance. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, the cloning project is confirmed. Blofeld was looking forward to seeing how this operation was going to turn out. So, the guy would have been Blofeld in a couple of days. All right. So, now that's what's going on. All the model heads of Blofeld. Now we know that's what they're trying to do. <sighs> that's true. So in a sense, that's kind of exciting. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to give it a little credit, huh? I am. I am. <laughs> uh, all right. So Blofeld orders the guards to get Bond's gun. All right. This is another one of my all-time favorite moments in any Bond film. Oh, oh no, wait. No, wait. It's, my, it's one of my least. I'm sorry. I, and again, one we disagree on. <laughs> Bond starts reaching into his pocket to get the gun, right? Because he's supposed to give it to him. Hold it, one of the guards yells. Get your hands up. <laughs> this guard is Terrence Mountain, the guy that Tom mentioned, and who was in Honor Majesty's Secret Service. It was Raphael fighting Bond on the beach. So he and Bill Morgan were fighting yes. on the beach and with they Bond and Honor Majesty's and... Now they're in this one. Yeah, so look for that interview with Terry Mount. That was a great one. Great, yep. fun uh, interview. Yep. Okay, so the other guard is going to go get Bond's gun because they don't want Bond reaching in there because Bond might pull out and shoot everybody. All and right. we have another stuntman who was in On Her Majesty's Secret Service. This was George Cooper who played a henchman in On Her Majesty's Secret Service, as did Terry and Bill. Uh -huh. and, and he was also a space fighter in Moonraker. So he's done oh, three okay. Bond movies. I didn't know the, the, the Moonraker connection, too. Yeah. Cool. All right. Okay, so as he reaches in to get the gun, the guard is reaching in to get Bond's gun, a powerful finger-clasping device snaps over his fingers, and they're bleeding. I love that. <laughs> this is one of the worst Bond gadgets in any Bond movie. This is a trick store device that you can go buy at your local trick store. It's not a cute gadget. I mean, what the hell? This is so bad. And here's my other question. Where was Bond keeping this gadget? His gun is in there, and he's got to be able to go get his gun if he needs to get his gun quickly. And what's he got to do? I got to remember where I put the big finger snapper in case anybody else reaches in here. And does <sighs> No, no. <laughs> Dan, you got it all wrong. We talked about this in our other gadget podcast. I don't hate this device. It does its job. It's not super high tech. Bond's not stupid. He can put his hand where it needs to be and not get his fingers. Uh. Right. So not all gadgets have to be high tech convoluted things. This is just something very simple, 
and it just works. Yeah, no, he's got nowhere to keep it, and he has a gun in there, and he needs a quick access <laughs> to that. In a this is just this a is bad idea. In the pocket, whatever. Yeah. He, you know, but, it's like in Apollo thirteen. They talk about where there's a scene where they talk about. Well, if they're going to do this, the the astronaut's going to have to do this, which is backwards. And the guy looks at him and says, you know, these, these astronauts are smart. They can learn. <laughs> Mom can learn how to put his hand in and not get it snapped off. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> All right. But at least this, this little device causes enough distraction for Bond to get the better of this guy. It and he pushes him out of the way and into the other armed guard, who was Terry, Terrence Mountain. And he's he's trying to scramble to get at Bond, but he boom he pushes him through and pushes him pushes the other guy into him, and then Bond picks up some scalpels and hurls three at the guard and kills him. The first one sticks in his right arm, the second in the lower right abdomen, and the third in the middle chest area. Wow! My question is, hey, the guard got his fingers snapped and did not get Bond's gun, so. Bond still has his gun. Why not use that? <laughs> what an idea that would be, huh? <laughs> no, instead, he takes his chances at his skill of throwing scalpels, <laughs> hoping that they will hit his target, stick through the clothing, and cause enough damage to disable the guard or kill him. Shoot him! That's Damn. all. It's a Bond movie. Usually it's the villain who doesn't shoot Bond. Yeah, that's time true. It's Bond is the one not doing the shooting. He's such a in, nice guy. In, in either case, the Bond world doesn't seem to really understand the value of a pistol. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that's true. <laughs> that is true. And neither does Blofeld because then Blofeld, finally, he decides after maybe watching this whole thing for 15 seconds, and it is 15 seconds of screen time, he, he's going to pick up a knife and attack Bond. Duh. There's a good idea. Well, his guards blew it, so yeah. he figured the guards were going to be able to take care of it. There were two of them, and they <sighs> had guns. Yeah, they had guns. But Bond avoids the knife, throws Blofeld onto a gurney, pounds his head with the surgical lights, bam, and then, watch this, he straps him onto the gurney. Mind you, Bond still has his gun. <laughs> Maybe he didn't want the sound of a gunshot disturbing <laughs> yeah. anybody. He has a silencer. Ah, and then he pushes him into some bubbling pool of something. Yeah, and I, earlier I said a hot tub. It really wasn't water in there. It was, I don't know some, what. Some kind of goo. But apparently that goo had to be kept at 80 degrees. because you know, Now watch, watch though, as, as he's heading towards this pool, uh, strapped on the gurney. He's strapped on the gurney. You can see the strap around his waist and attached to the gurney but for some reason the part to which he is strapped slides off the gurney and into the bubbling pool with him i don't, I don't know I, i'm not sure what kind of gurney this thing was but anyway that part slid off and boom he goes in head first into this bubbling something and as he's sinking head first facing down into the bubbling mess bond knowingly flips some switch was this the 80-degree reference that we knew was going to really screw things up? And says, welcome to hell, Blofeld. And he smiles. No idea what this switch did, right? We, we don't. We just see him, boom. But in looking with a magnifying glass, and I did, 
it looks like the words in the upper left hand corner say I temperature just my eyes and could see that <laughs> temperature control okay well not on my screen i couldn't temperature control so there in case we didn't know that was the temperature control well control. you know throwing him into an 80 degree vat of something isn't welcoming to hell he had to up the temperature there but wait what we don't know when the doctor ordered the mud to be kept at 80 degrees is which temperature scale he's using right the uk was already on Celsius by 1965, and Europe was there long before that. So 80 degrees Celsius would be like 176 degrees Fahrenheit. So, I mean, the mud would not be cool, but in fact, really hot, which is why we see the bubbling goo, mud, starting to boil so quickly when Blofeld finds himself immersed in it. So I'm going to give props. <laughs> I'm going to give props here to the producers and writers because in the Fleming novel, Diamonds Are Forever, there is a scene where a jockey, Tingling, who displeased the spangled mob, gets scalded with hot mud at a mud bath in Saratoga Springs. He survives, but he's scalded. And actually, the two guys who did this in the novel are Wint and Kid. So, props to the team there. This is a nice reference to the novel. So, if Blofeld survives this, wow, well, hey. And it also shows us that Blofeld is really a resilient guy. Yeah, if we so think far. Back, if we think back to On Her Majesty's Secret Service, he, you know, he was doing the bobsled run and got, you know, forked with the tree. Yeah. And I said forked. Um, <laughs> and it looks like Bonda may have killed him or whatever in the hot goo here in Diamonds Are Forever. Yeah. But he returns later in this movie. So, yeah yeah so it looks like he might die at the end so who so, is you know, have we seen blofeld yet in this movie <laughs> we have no idea now right we have no yeah. idea if we actually saw blofeld but then, then he's back in four year eyes only now okay yeah they, they never well, say no it's they don't him. say it's blofeld it's a it's a bald guy with a white cat that gets dropped down a chimney yeah and is then he dead course, then <laughs> then of course he's back in Spectre, but that's part of the whole Daniel reboot. Yeah, Bond doesn't kill him there. Confusing. So he'll be back in no time to die. Uh, yeah. I mean, th this is one tough dude. Yes, he is one tough dude. All right, the last shot is Blofeld's white cat with a diamond necklace as it screeches sadly and loudly. Yeah, uh, no, I think this is so important. Okay. Okay. We see this cat here in Diamonds Are Forever. Yeah. Now, jump forward 18 years to the movie License to Kill. Now, the villain in this is one of your favorites, Dan. Yeah, yeah. Right? Sanchez, um, played by Robert Davi. Yeah. Right? But instead of a white cat, what type of pet does Sanchez have in Isthmus? It's an and iguana. It, it's an iguana. And what did it have around its neck? Diamond necklace. It had a diamond necklace. I think nice. this was a wonderful callback in that movie because they can't be using Blofeld due to the legal issues they were having mm -hmm. with, with that character. So they have another character. But in this case, it had the diamond necklace, but it wasn't Blofeld because they couldn't use Blofeld. Okay. So I, I actually love the way they did jumping forward 18 years in License to Kill, calling back to this scene in Diamonds. Okay. All right. We'll give them that. That's good. Right. However, that's good for License to Kill because they were looking backwards. This movie, this pre-title sequence, however, still has its flaws. <laughs> the diamonds were flawless. Yeah. There you Brum, go. Boom, yeah. All right. <laughs> anyway, Blofeld's dead. It looks like, right? 
And this is just a pre-title sequence. So this is going to be a cakewalk for Bond for the rest of this movie. This is nice. It took a while, but they got him. <laughs> or did they? We don't know who this guy was. <laughs> He's back later in the movie. They couldn't have gotten him here. I don't know how the hell he would have gotten out of being strapped to the gurney face first into that kind of stuff. But. Yeah, I don't either. All right, so we have Sean Connery back as Bond in a pre-title sequence, not that spectacular or up to snuff. And we won't see Sean Connery again as Bond. Well, not officially from an Eon production Bond movie, but he does reappear in 1983 and Never Say Never Again, Kevin McClory's remake of Thunderball. So, and I, and I do have to say, he was a little listless in this movie compared mm-hmm. to, you know, yes. he was kind of tired of the role. He stepped it up again and Never Say Never Again. You know, kind of brought the old Bond back. When, yeah, you know, that was a, a while later. That was, yeah. yeah. 10 years, yeah. legally. Thankfully, that's a wrap. <laughs> uh, this has been Dan Silvestri. And Tom Pizzato. From SpyMovieNavigator.com on our Cracking the Code of Spy Movie show. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, too. Tell a friend about us. Give us a five-star rating on your favorite podcast app. That really helps us out a lot. Subscribe to our show, and thanks for listening. We appreciate it.